Welcome to the Captivated for Christ podcast, episode number 11. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. Psalms 34, verse 6. Welcome to the Captivated for Christ podcast, weekly encouragement to keep you captivated by God's love. And here's your host, Nathaniel Bridgman. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to another episode of the Captivated for Christ podcast. I am your humble host, Nathaniel Bridgman. Now, today's ministry of the week is a ministry called Bible Gateway. Bible Gateway is a searchable online Bible in more than 200 versions and 70 languages that you can freely read, research, and reference anywhere. With a library of audio Bibles, a mobile app, devotionals, email newsletters, and other free resources, Bible Gateway equips you not only to read the Bible, but to understand it. Bible Gateway is the original multilingual, multilingual, sorry, (laughs) searchable Bible website. Um, Bible Gateway is an amazing website. I use it a lot whenever I'm looking for a Bible verse on the go or when I'm researching episodes for the show and I need to find out different Bible verses, you know, which passage of scripture it came from, what kind of verse in what kind of verse what the verse looks like in different translations or just many find out more information about the verse. I usually go to Bible Gateway. It's an amazing online resource. I learn so much more about the Bible every time I go to Bible Gateway and what Bible Gateway also includes is it also includes different devotionals. It also includes different podcasts and other resources. What Bible Gateway is is that the website is completely devoted to helping people understand the Bible more. And I think it's important that we as Christians understand the Bible even more if we are to study the Bible. And Bible Gateway is an amazing online resource, and it's just I love everything they do. I love everything that they stand for, and they're also grateful um, that to have a many publishers and many resources have supported Bible Gateway. Um, there's a huge list online if you want to check that out and their about section. They're um, supported by multiple organizations and yeah, they're just an overall great website and they're just awesome. I love everything that Bible Gateway does. So if you want to use Bible Gateway to help you understand scripture more, so please go to www.biblegateway.com to find out more. So as always, guys, I always like to start off every show by beginning with a prayer. So if you guys are with me, please bow your heads and close your eyes, and I'll begin. Um, Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you so much for your great love and your mercy, and I thank you for the wonderful opportunity you've given me to not record another episode of the podcast. And I ask Holy Spirit, can you please come, Holy Spirit, and bless our time together, Lord Jesus. Keep you please, Holy Spirit, bless and minister to the lives of those who are listening, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, minister to their lives, Lord Jesus, and Holy Spirit... Um, I ask Holy Spirit, can you please, Lord Jesus, um, so help us to submit our minds to the Lordship of you, Jesus Christ. Help us, Holy Spirit, to clear our mind of all thoughts and imaginations that might distract us from hearing your voice, Lord Jesus. And Jesus, if there are any sins that we have not confessed before you right now, I confess my own right now. And I ask, Father, can you please forgive me and forgive those who are listening, Lord Jesus. And enemy, I silence you in Jesus' name. I rebuke you, Satan. I command you, Satan, to go away in the name of Jesus. But Holy Spirit, I ask, can you please come, Holy Spirit, and lead us through understanding of your scriptures? Holy Spirit, can you please bless our time today? And Holy Spirit, can you please speak through me, Holy Spirit, as I speak, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit? I need your help, and I can't do this on my own. So Holy Spirit, can you please come and bless our time together, minister to the lives of those who are listening, Holy Spirit, and bless our time together in all we do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So guys, this is another continuation of the series that I have been doing called Unbiblical Things That Christians Believe. This is where I take a look at a certain topic or phrase that's very common and popular among many people in the church. 
But there's a reason as to why when people say the phrase, they don't reference a Bible verse to support that phrase. It's because more often than not, that phrase is actually unbiblical. You might see these phrases on things like Christian t-shirts. You might see them in a Christian bookstore or a Hallmark card. Heck, you may have even heard a preacher say it a couple of times. But the truth is, these phrases are actually very unbiblical. And not only are these phrases unbiblical, they actually don't reflect the character of God. Because a lot of them just don't reflect who God truly is. And that's my whole point in the series was to take this topical phrase and look at the phrase and actually uncover the biblical truth and reveal the truth about who a God really is like, not just through scripture, but to tell the truth of what who God really is and uncover the truth as to why these phrases are unbiblical. This series was inspired by the Dumb Things That Smart Christians Believe series started by Pastor James at Cross Point City Church. It's an amazing tr- sermon series. I watched it a lot when I went there and it really touched my life. But there were a lot of phrases that Pastor James didn't talk about a lot. And so what I wanted to do with the series is talk about the phrases that not only he left out, but discuss these unbiblical phrases and reveal the true biblical truth as to what God is actually like and hopefully give more light and clarity to the church because we should not be deceived by what the en- what lies the enemy tells us. We need to always be following and living and embracing in God's truth. And today's phrase is no different than the other phrases I've looked at today. However, this phrase, although it's... Uh, although this phrase is unbiblically true, there actually is a little bit of truth to this. And I'll, what do I mean by this? Well, let me give you an example. So for a lot, so for a lot of you who are listening there, I um, am involved with, I am currently involved, well, I'm not working with them right now, but I will be returning to them in January. Um, over this past year, I took what was called a discipleship training school with a missionary organization called YWAM, which stands for Youth with a Mission. Now, Youth with a Mission is an amazing organization, and I want to and hope to return and work for them as a full-time missionary in the future, which is why in January I am returning to YWAM to take a school of worship at YWAM Tyler. And when I was telling other people about my um, hopes to be a missionary, I I was telling them about, you know, hopefully I'll see what I can do to start raising finances. And one of the first people one of the first things that people told me to do was to get a job. Now, of course, I actually have a job right now, and I have worked as a job recently in Sioux Falls, but I only took those jobs because I felt that was what God was calling me to do, and I felt like those jobs were provided for me by God. However, a lot of people, when I told a lot of people that after I was done with those jobs, I feel like God is calling me to be a staff member in YWAM full-time, and when I told them that, I don't get paid a salary. I get paid through supporters. A lot of people were like, well, you have to get a second job. I mean, after all, you, you can't just live off the support money. After all, doesn't God just help those who help themselves? The phrase that God helps those who help themselves is a phrase that has been spreading a lot around the church recently. And to be fair about this um about this phrase, there is a little bit of truth in there. There is some truth with we do our part and let God do his. However, the false things about this saying is that what the saying is saying is that if we do everything ourselves, then God will help us if we do everything ourselves. Well, although there's some part in saying that when we do our part, God does his, 
I don't think that we should be representing that by using this phrase to represent that. Because this phrase is implying that if we do everything, then God will help us. Which, if you look at the Bible, is actually not true. Because when you look at stories in the Bible, you know, stories of Dave, these epic tales of Moses, David, Gideon, um, Elijah, and most of the biblical prophets. Heck, even the disciples, like the stories of Peter, the disciples, um, Jesus... Every single biblical character, except every single biblical character, they did do their part. But the reason why God helped them wasn't because they helped themselves. In fact, more often than not, God helped them because of certain different things. And a lot of the things that they went through that God had called them to do were not things that they could do themselves, but they had to rely on God's help for it. And so that's what I talked about in earlier this a couple weeks ago with the phrase, God won't give you anything that you can't that you can't handle yourself. Well, this phrase actually kind of ties right into that God helps those who help themselves because the truth is there's more to what God wants for you to do than just to help yourself. And when God calls us to do something, he does want us to do our part. But that doesn't mean that we should do everything by ourselves. That doesn't mean that we have to take initiative and do everything with ourselves. And what do I mean by this? And why, but what do I mean by this? And also, why is this phrase unbiblical if there's a principle of God wants us to do our part and let, uh, and let him do his part? Well, that's what we're going to discuss today. Today, I'm going to take a look at the phrase, God helps those who help themselves, and discuss why this phrase is actually unbiblical. I'm going to give three reasons as to why this phrase is unbiblical, and I'm also going to reveal the biblical truth as to what God is actually like and what, uh, what we should do whenever we need help from God and how God does help people. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. So first, what are the three reasons as to why the phrase, God helps those who helps themselves unbiblical? Well, the first reason as to why this phrase is unbiblical is because if we just helped ourselves all the time, there would be no need for God to help us. I'll say that again. If we just helped ourselves all the time, there would be no need for help from God. Think about it. If all we, how could God help us if we don't need any help? If we've already helped ourselves, then that need has already been provided and there would be no way for God to help us. And this is called not being in a relationship with God, but being self-dependent. And the truth is we as followers of Christ need to learn to not be self-dependent. We need to exist with God and us. We can't just depend on ourselves all the time. We need to learn to depend on God. We need to be in a relationship with God. We need to coexist with God. We need to be in communication with God. We need to spend time with him. We need to pray to him. We need to have an active living and breathing relationship with God. But if all we're doing is helping ourselves and being self-dependent, then there's no leeway for God to actually help us because we already fulfill that need. So, in a way, this phrase makes absolutely no sense. Because if we already helped ourselves, why do we need God to help us? And that's why we as Christians should uh, uh, should not be listening to this phrase, is because we do need God to help us. Many of the times, God calls us to do things that we can't do on our own. We can't just do everything on ourselves. We need the help of God. We need him to come and help us. But if we do everything ourselves and help ourselves, then we lost the point of having a relationship with God. 
God doesn't want you to go through life alone. He wants you to do it with him. This is a relationship. It's not a simple religion where Christianity is not a religion where it's all about you. It's a reli- it's a religion which has the basis of a relationship between you and God. That's the reason why Christ came to this earth. He didn't come to this earth so you could learn how to be dependent on yourself. He came to this earth so that, to teach us how to depend on God and live in an active and breathing relationship with him. That's what we need to emphasize as the church. We can't just sit there and say if someone is in need of something, just automatically say, Oh, you know what they say, God helps those who help themselves. We do need to tell them that if we do our part and trust that God will do his part, then God will provide. But we also need to let people know that we also need to have room for God. And if we just tell them that God will help those who help themselves, if we're helping ourselves, then there would be no need for God. Now, granted, I'm not saying that we as Christians, you know, I'll give another example for the whole, for, you know, having a job for dependency on finances. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a job. In fact, I myself have a job, and I'm using this job, part of this job, to help raise money for my SOW. But the truth is, the truth is, regardless of whether I had this job or not, God still would have provided for me all the money I need for my SOW for tuition and outreach. I know he will, and he already has. I believe I already have received it. Now, granted, it may not be in my bank account right now, but I know he will provide because he's my provider, and I trust him. Regardless of whether I have a job or not, God has provided for me all the money that I need. He has provided for me all my needs. Jesus Jesus said when he was talking to people about how much they have wor- how much they had worries in the sermon on the mount there was a section where Jesus was talking about how many people how people have these worries about certain things such as what they eat what they will wear for the next day Jesus told them not to worry about those things but to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and he will make all of their needs available to them but unfortunately we as a church think oh we have to depend on ourselves by getting a job if we need finances or doing other things and that's fine you know there's nothing wrong with getting a job or anything but the truth is what we need to understand is that regardless of whether we work or not if we seek God's kingdom first or whether we have a regular job or do anything if we seek God first he'll already provide for us we need to understand that when we ask God for help he will come for us God is our provider. He's the one who gives us strength. He's the one who will provide for all our needs. We don't need to worry about what we'll eat today. If we seek God first, God will provide for us what we eat. We don't need to worry about finances. If we seek God first, he'll provide for us all the money that we need. We can't go around with this attitude like, I have to do all this by myself because God never meant for you to do life yourself. He wants to do it with you. And when we trust in him, when we seek him first, and when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then all these things will be made available to us. That's why so many people that I talk to about YWAM, they think that YWAM is such a weird thing. When I told them that many staff members don't have a regular job, that being a YWAMer is, you know, their job and stuff. They're so weird out because they're like, what, they don't have a salary or anything? Well, then how they get all their money because they're so used to the self dependency for finances idea but the truth is god is the one who provides for all our finances we don't need to worry about anything god is the one who provides for us and when we trust in him he will provide for us when we seek first his kingdom we don't need to worry about certain things when we seek him first then he will provide for all of our needs and but if we just 
do everything ourselves, then there will be no need for God to step in and provide for all our needs if we go for our needs ourselves. because that's not living in a relationship with God. That's called being dependent on oneself. And that's not what we as Christians are meant to do. So that's the first reason as to why this phrase is unbiblical is because if we just helped ourselves, then there would be no need for God to help us. The second reason as to why this phrase is unbiblical is because, well, just simply put, it's another statement of pride. It's another statement of pride. (laughs) Just like I talked about two weeks ago with the situation of God won't give you anything you can't handle. This is another statement of pride. We as people and we as the church have adopted pride as our nature of being proud of what we've done, being proud of our job, being proud of how I raised all this finances, being proud of how I put food on the table for our family, being proud of working a nine to five job and doing all these things. And there's nothing. And look, there's nothing wrong with laboring. The Bible commands us to labor and to do work. However, we also need to understand that God is our provider. He's the one who gives us strength. We don't need to rely on ourselves all the time. If all we did was rely on ourselves for certain needs, then we aren't living in a relationship with God. We're supposed to depend on each other. A relationship with God isn't just isn't like being a fan of a sports team. It's like being married. God wants to do life with you. He wants to be with you through every aspect of your life, and he wants to provide for you and help you in times of need. If you're going through something and you need help with something, God wants to help you. If you just do everything yourself, you're not being in a relationship with God. You're being self-dependent. We as Christians are not meant to be self-dependent, yet unfortunately we have adopted the idea of self-dependency. Self-dependency is the opposite of Christianity. Well, there's other things that are all the opposite as well, but that's one of them. Christianity, the basis of our religion, which separates our beliefs from the beliefs of the world, is that our beliefs are entirely based upon our relationship with God. And if we're not, and if all we're doing is being dependent upon ourselves, we're not living in a true relationship with God. We're not living as lives as how we're meant to be. We're meant to do life with God together. But if we're not doing life with God together, then there would be no point in following him. It's another statement of pride. Yet again, we just want to think about, oh, look at me. Look at how I accomplished these things. Look at how I did all these things. God helps those who help themselves. So you make your mark on society again. (sighs) Again, it's just another statement of stinking pride. This is not... This is what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. We're supposed to be humble before God. We're supposed to rely on him and do life together with him. Yet for some strange reason, we think that if we do everything that God will move? Really? The truth is, God can move with or without us. You know that, right? He's God. He can find someone else. He can find something. The path. The fact that God wants to have a relationship with us is a privilege. It's something that has given to us as a right and a privilege. God didn't just need us. In fact, to be honest, God doesn't need us. He wants us. But most of all, he wants us to do life with him. And we can't just have the attitude that, oh, God will help me if I help myself. Because if we have that attitude, 
we're not relying on him and we're not being in a true relationship with him. We can't have this attitude that I can do everything myself because you can't. But I'm just being flat honest. I can't do everything myself. Heck, there are many things in my life that I need help with that I cannot do myself. But the good news is God offers his help to those freely who follow him. And those who follow Christ will and those who follow Christ will definitely experience his help in great ways and experience true humility with him. So that's the second reason as to why this phrase is unbiblical is because it's another statement of pride. The third reason as to why the phrase God helps those who help themselves is unbiblical is because it undermines God's power and his ability to provide for us and help for us. Let me give another example. If you read many stories in the Old Testament, a lot of these stories are stories of people who can't do everything themselves. In fact, many of the characters in the Bible are very flawed human beings, and a lot of them couldn't do things to help themselves. A lot of them had many problems going on, a lot of them struggled with many sin, and a lot of them even, you know, had struggles in their relationship with God. But the truth is God's power helped them overcome those struggles. God's power was was more than enough to help them overcome those struggles. And when they were in need, such as the story of Elijah, when Elijah went wandering through the desert, God provided for him all the food that he needed because God knew that he was running away from the king of Israel because the king of Israel was going to attack Moses. And so, I'm sorry, Elijah, my bad. Sorry, not Moses. Getting my Bible characters messed up. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, so, yeah, so back to the story of Elijah. So as Elijah was wandering through the forest, God provided for him all the food that he needed. And here's the thing. Elijah was in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere. There was no way that he could possibly help himself, yet God helped him through it. He helped him get through whatever tragedy he was going through. And the amazing thing is that after God helped him, Elijah got to witness to other people about God. He went to another village in Israel to a widow and her son. And when her son passed away, through God's power, God raised her son from the dead because Elijah commanded him to raise from the dead. But he also prayed to God, asking God to raise him from the dead. The amazing thing about God's power is that when we learn that God is the one who helps us and that sometimes he's the only one who can help us, God's power is more powerful than our own power. If we say the phrase that God helps those who help themselves, we undermine God's power and exalt our own power over God. And that's not what we're supposed to do because we can't. We're not more powerful than God. Are you kidding me? He's God. He's the Lord of all creation. What gives us as human beings the right to say that we are just as powerful as the God of the universe? Really? We have no right to say that because We're not. We're not even close to powerful, as powerful as God is. It just drives me so crazy how we, as people in the church, try to undermine the true power of God. Because we read stories in the Bible and we try to explain how how these really happen. But 
the tr how these miracles happen, like people raising from the dead, God healing people. But the truth is, there is no other explanation than the fact that it was God. God was there. God healed them. God raised people from the dead. God performed those miracles. We cannot undermine the power of God. We exalt ourselves to the point that we undermine what God has done in our lives. And we can't do that. We need to recognize that he is God and we are not. And it's just a privilege that God shows us. Honestly, God can move without me. God can move without all of us. But he chose us. The amazing thing about God's love for us is that he chose us. He chose to move through us. He chose to use us for the advancement of his kingdom. That's the amazing thing about God's love. God gave it away as a choice. He didn't do it because he needs us. He did it because he wants us and wants to have a relationship with us. And the amazing thing about a relationship with God, with God is that you truly see the power of God. When we truly learn that God is the one who helps us, we see the power of God on display in our lives every single day. I do too. And it's through things that many people seem to undermine that seems, the things that seem so small in the Bible, like spending time with God and hearing God's voice, we undermine how powerful these things are. I love hearing God's voice. I love spending time with God's presence. It's so amazing. And every time I spend time with God, I'm just so reminded of his love for me that the God of the universe actually chose to spend time with me and wants to get to know me and for me to know him. The God of the universe wants that for us. And he wants us to understand that we don't have to do everything ourselves. He is so powerful that he can help us even when we can't help ourselves. God is more powerful than any force in the universe combined. The Lord is our strength and our shield. Our heart needs to trust in him. But if we don't trust in him and go to him for help, then we undermine the true power of what God can do in our lives. So that's the third reason as to why this phrase is unbiblical is because it undermines the power of God. So that raises the question, what's the truth? What is the biblical truth? What does the Bible say about when we're put in situations where we need God's help? Well, the answer is actually pretty simple. What the Bible says is true. If you need help from God, ask. Just ask. Seek him and he'll give you help. When David was running from Abimelech in the Bible, Abimelech drove him away and David departed However, David pretended to be mad before Abimelech and God delivered him. And as a result, David wrote the 34th Psalm of the Bible, which is Psalm 34. And three of my favorite verses in Psalm 34 are, Psalm, are Psalms 34 verses 4 through 6. If you want to turn your Bibles, you can turn to those. But Psalms 34 4 through 6 read, this is the New King James Version. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him, and they were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. When David was in a time of trial, God delivered him, simply because David sought the help of God. And when David sought the help of God, God gave him his help. 
It's very simple. If we want help from God, seek him. Seek him in all you do. Seek him every day. Ask him for help. If you're stressed, ask him for help. If you know you can't do something yourself, ask God to help you. God is supposed to be the one who helps us. He's supposed to do everything. Well, not everything. We are supposed to do our part, but we're also supposed to trust in him for everything. Jesus is amazing and he wants to be there for us and to provide for us. We can't just have the attitude that God will automatically help us if we help ourselves. What we need to do is to seek God and ask him for help when we know that we don't when we know that we don't have something or can't do anything ourselves. We need to ask him first. So that's the first biblical truth is that God helps those who go to him for help. The second biblical truth is that God provides everything that you need to those who seek him first. Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 33, But first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. He also says in verse 34, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about his own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What does Jesus mean in this? It's very simple. If you are going through a hard time where you don't know that you have all that you need, seek God first. Don't worry about your needs. God will provide for all your needs. If you're worried about finances, seek God first. He'll provide for your finances. If you're worried about if you don't have enough food, trust in God and seek him first, and he'll provide for all of your food. If we continue to seek God first every day and his kingdom and his righteousness, then God will provide for all that we need if we're constantly seeking his will. And for a lot of us, we don't seek the will of God. When we try to help ourselves, we try to seek our own will. But when we seek God's will and find out God's will for our life, God will provide everything we need. We don't need to worry about little things. Don't sweat the small things. God will take care of them. What we think are these big worries like our finances, like our food, or where we're going to live, or what we're going to wear, or if we'll have enough clothing, those are small matters. Those are small issues in the kingdom of God. For God, that's nothing. What matters is that we are seeking intimacy with the Father. And when we seek intimacy with the Father, then God will provide for all of our needs. We don't need to worry. We don't need to spend another day worrying about certain things. We need to simply seek God first every day in our lives. So those are the two biblical truths as to what are the truths behind this statement instead of this statement is that when we ask God for help, God will help us. We don't need to worry about helping ourselves, although we can help ourselves in certain things. And there's nothing wrong with doing our part and letting God do his. But we must seek God for help. And the second biblical truth is that if we seek God's kingdom first, he will provide for all our needs. We don't need to worry about financial needs. If we're doing the will of God, God will provide for us. That's what it means to do our part and let God do his. Well, all we need to do is simply trust in God and seek him first. That's doing our part, seeking God first and trusting in him. That's doing our part. And once we do our part, then God will do his. That's what it means. To, that's what the phrase first do, means, do your part and then let God do his. That's what that phrase means. If we seek God's will first in our lives, then God will provide for all of our needs. So I want to encourage you guys, don't worry. Don't worry about certain things. If God wants you to do certain things or if you're worried about, you know, getting through a time of trial or 
if you need anything like any finances or anything, don't worry about those certain things. Don't worry about it. Come to God. He will help you. He will help you in your time of need. When you ask God for help, God will give you help. All we need to do is just seek him. If we need anything, seek God first and he will provide for all of your needs. You don't need to worry about these little things like finances or other things like that. And trust me, I know it's hard not to worry about those things. I know because I worry a lot. But the truth is, God's helped me not to worry because what matters is that I'm seeking intimacy with him. If we daily seek intimacy with God, then he will provide for all our needs. So I want to offer you guys a challenge. What I want to offer you guys a challenge is that for three weeks, I want you guys to spend every single day seeking intimacy with God first. Whether it be praying, whether it be spending time with him, whether it be worshiping him at your work. If we spend time seeking intimacy with God first and seeking his righteousness and seeking his will for our lives first, then I guarantee you he will provide for all of your needs. He has for mine. Granted, it may not be what we think it will look like because we think that, oh, providing for our needs is for making us rich and do all these other things. But the truth is we don't need to do that. If we're seeking intimacy with God first and we're seeking his kingdom and his righteousness first, then we, need, we don't need to worry about anything. And the other thing I want to um, challenge you guys to do is this. If you need help in a situation, ask God for help. He will provide for you. And I know this because I ask God for help every day. I ask God to help me when I'm working. I ask God to help me run this podcast when I'm teaching because I can't be the one teaching by myself. Honestly, everything you just heard was because I asked the Holy Spirit to help me because I had some things prepared, but the truth is this entire episode was just the Holy Spirit speaking through me because I prayed and I asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, can you please speak through me? And help me run this episode because I can't do this on my own. When I seek help from God, he helps me. And I guarantee you, he can do the same for you. So I want to challenge you guys. Seek intimacy with God first. Seek his will, his kingdom, and his righteousness first in your lives. And he, and he will provide for all of your needs. And when you, And if you need help with anything, ask God for help. Because I know this. When we seek God first in our lives and we ask for him for help, he will always come running in and help us. Even if we can't do it ourselves, God is always the one who will help us in our time of need. Father, I thank you so much for this day and I thank you for your great love and I thank you, Jesus, for speaking through this time, Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Father God, so much, Jesus, for all that you've done. Thank you for providing for me the help that I've needed in times. And I pray, Holy Spirit, keep yourself the people who are listening to this episode, Lord Jesus, to seek intimacy with you, God, every single day and help them to rely on you for their help, Lord Jesus, because you are a refuge, our strength, and our and our pre and our ever-present help in times of trouble, Lord Jesus. Father, thank you for always being there for us. And thank you, Father God, that when I needed help, you helped me. And Father God, help the people listening. If they're going through anything, if they need any help, that you will help them. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Captivated for Christ podcast. Guys, if you like this episode, be sure to leave us a like on either iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever this podcast is available. If you like this show and want to leave your thoughts, be sure to leave a comment or a review on iTunes. It really helps out the show a lot. And guys, thank you so much for listening. And I hope that this episode kept you captivated by God's love. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks for listening to the Captivated for Christ podcast. To find out more information or to view more episodes, be sure to follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are available.